Well, hello, and welcome to Thingamajigs, another exciting history of a mundane thing. I am Ben. And I am Danielle. And I am special guest, Nate. That's right, we have a special guest for this episode. Some guy was walking down the street, and we said, hey, get in here, sit down, and here we are. Uh, I'm also getting paid, right? No one here is getting paid. One day, maybe. Not today. This is my brother, Nathan. He's in town. Mostly for their mother's birthday, but their mother happens to be born on the last day of the last, what was 69, right? Last day of the 60s. Yeah, so the last day of the 60s. She's not a big fan of that, but, you know, we we celebrate anyway. We tell her the fireworks are for her. So yeah, it's New Year's Eve. What's the significance? You know, you know what happens on New Year's Eve? People uh, drink a lot, and then tomorrow they're going to say they're never going to do it for the rest of the year. That's true. There's a lot of people who uh, acknowledge dry January. <laughs> now we, we roll over. We roll over to a new year. It's very exciting. I, for one, am thrilled. But you know what happens when we roll over to a new year? Or one more closer to death? Uh, all of the computers stop working because of the Y2K bug? As you can see, the Allisons as a whole are a bit of a downer. <laughs> so, no, we get, we get new calendars. It's that time of year again. That time when we venture out to our local office depots to obtain that once-a-year purchase that everyone needs at the end of the year. Well, I guess really the beginning of every year. It, we're going to talk about calendars. It's, it's time to talk about calendars. Didn't the Mayans invent the calendar? They didn't exactly invent it, but they did a really slam-up job, especially for their time frame. We have diligently crossed out every day that 2023 had to offer, and it is time to start over. This is always very exciting for me because we get that big at-a-glance calendar and it's such a fun task to draw cute pictures on all the holidays and, and special days of the year, like birthdays and anniversaries. They are the best calendar and you can only get them at Office Depot. What is the deal with that? Probably the only reason they're still in business. It is like the only thing that we buy from Office Depot. I think this year I might get some fun calendar stickers. I have a calendar on my phone. You can't draw cute little pictures on your phone, can you? <laughs> They make calendars for phones now? So you can't always fill in all of the important days because they haven't been announced yet. Like, we draw a cute picture on the day that the new season of Bob's Burgers is released. (laughs) But we won't know that until it gets closer. But for the most part, January is the month that I get to sit down and, and look at the upcoming year and see what day of the week our birthdays land on or where our anniversary lands. Fun stuff like that. That's pretty cool, actually. I never know what day my birthday's on until, like, the week before. I'm like, oh, I should have planned for that. I'm incredibly obsessed with what day and time it is at all times. So I usually know, I usually know when my birthday is landing. Now, we might not have invented the passing of time or seasons, but we definitely invented the tracking of it. So we are going to talk about the history of calendars. Who's we? Which which part of that? The we that's talking or the we that invented? The we that invented. As we, you know. We started tracking time. You and me? Yeah. We started the tracking of time. Oh, did you now? 
how would y'all have done that? Because he's terror. He doesn't. He never knows what day of the week it is. Yeah. Well, he created it once he got the ball rolling. I invented time. He invented the tracking of time. I invented timing. As you can see, the Allisons not only are downers, but they're also very prideful. <laughs> when I was a kid, I did used to make like sundials and stuff with sticks and yeah. drawing in the dirt. That was fun. That's funny. When I was a kid, I wrote books. Nerd. So the real starting place of calendars is the recognition of patterns around us. And the most notable pattern, probably the most dependable thing that we as the human race have in all of our lives is the sun. So the sun, as we know, rises in the east, bringing daylight hours and sets in the west, bringing the night. And this happens over and over endlessly. Endlessly, eh? In our lifetime, yes. How do you know? Because the sun, as it gets older, will explode. And then that will be the end. But that is not going to happen while we're around. If left in the stable state that it currently exists in. Unaltered. So the next most noticeable pattern is probably the moon. The waxing and waning of the moon takes about a month to complete its cycle. The word month even comes from the Old English word for moon. Women's cycles are often very closely related to the moon. Not scientifically, just historically there's been some very feminine verbiage around the moon. Although weirdly, in German, the sun has a feminine pronoun, I guess you call it, and uh, the moon is masculine. I think it's somewhat popular to have a moon party for young people who've just started their periods for the first time. Unfortunately, I did not get a moon party. I kind of wanted one. Do you want me to throw you a moon party? No, it's far too late for that. But I would not be upset if you threw me an end of moon party for for my menopause. I will be very excited on that day. Get her moon cakes and then throw them in the trash before she gets a chance to eat them. It was extremely important for ancient people to be able to measure out the length of a year. They needed to know when to plant their crops, when to hunt for certain plants and animals, rough estimates of when their own animals would give birth, when it's time to do certain worshipping practices, and probably not as high in their priorities, they needed to know when to celebrate their birthdays. So there's a couple of ways they could track the length of a year. Lunar calendars are, I believe, the oldest calendars. In 2013, British archaeologists discovered in Warrenfield, Scotland, a site that had 12 pits that aligned with the southeast horizon. So archaeologists found a bunch of holes in the ground? I think a hole in the ground is not exactly a good way to describe it. I mean, these things were two meters wide and one and a half meters deep. But they varied in size depending on their position. Like, the 5th and the 6th pits still showed evidence that there were posts in the pits. Why? So that they could measure the shadows that the sun gave off. It's roughly 10,000 years old, and it's thought that people of that time used it to check the heightened stage of the moon so they could track time in relation to the seasons. Stonehenge is another really old discovery. I'm going to call it that because... It was probably more than just a calendar. It's very likely it was used as a place for some kind of rituals, but of of course we don't know. It's not like there was any writings about it. Not that the aliens let us keep. Oh boy. But Stonehenge is not as old as the pits in Scotland. Stonehenge is about 5,000 years old. They're both really old. If you would have told the people who made the Stonehenge about the people who dug the pits, they would have felt like that, that was just as old as Stonehenge feels to us. 
which is crazy to think about. So I also saw recently that there is uh, Inca calendars found in Peru and other countries where they've used pillars along ridge lines with a fixed viewpoint from the pillars to set up for sunset so that each sunset gives you an idea of what time of year it is. These calendars have been found throughout Inca history with different sets of pillars to measure. The most common was 13 pillars. The months are counted from the starting position, which would be from the farthest left pillar. It would make its way from one end to the other and then back, making 24 hops, dividing each month into half, so every two weeks. If it was above a pillar, it was uh, the start of a month. If it was between a pillar, then it was the middle of the month. And that would tell you what time of the year it was, depending on where in the line of pillars the sun was located. Okay, so the next way that people track the passing of a year, another pretty obvious pattern that we could follow was the passing of seasons. This one really depends on where you are in the world, whether you have distinct seasons. The Egyptians had a bit of an advantage on this because their river Nile flooded every year and they built these structures called Nileometers that they used to measure the river. So there was a specific mark that indicated whether the river was going to be at the perfect level for their fields to get good soil. If it was too low, their fields would have poor nutrition, and if it was too high, the river would be destructive. Louisiana doesn't have proper seasons. We've talked about how time moves faster in Utah because there are real seasons and the outside changing around you consistently, I think, really makes you feel like the time is going by faster. That's not true. There's two seasons in Louisiana, summer and hurricane season. (laughs) And they happen to fall very close to one another. (laughs) That's true. Summer is uh, right before hurricane season, and then uh, hurricane season is right before summer. And then that's all you get. Instead of one long year that's mostly all the same, it's one year that's broken into four quarters here. Those quarters seem to fly by. So this is called a tropical year or a solar year. And that just means that it measures the time it takes for the sun to return to the same position in the sky. The earth rotating and completing its cycle, creating that really beautiful analemma, which is that figure eight shape that the sun makes if you were to take a picture of it at the same time every, I don't know, one to two weeks across the whole year. We've all seen the cool picture on Reddit and then reposted to Facebook like three years later. Stars also move across the sky in a pattern. It takes about 365 days for the stars to rotate into their original position, or should I say for us to rotate around. The stars stay fixed in their position, but from our perspective, it seems like the stars are rotating around us. But of course, we know that's not true. I'm not trying to start a conspiracy theory. It's just what the government wants you to think about the star dome that they installed around our obviously disc-shaped earth yeah madam president doesn't want you to know that you are in fact the center of the universe so this one is called a sidereal year or the time it takes for the earth to rotate around the sun in perspective to the background of the stars around us so we can't talk about ancient calendars without talking about the mayan calendar probably the most famous ancient calendar ever simply because it was so dang long and also there was a second that some people thought the end of the world was going to happen in 2012. (laughs) So the Mayans split their calendar up into this giant wheel of 13 numbers, 20 day names, 
I guess that is the equivalent of our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So the numbers would rotate and the day names would rotate, but since there were less numbers than day names, the numbers would recycle, even though that they hadn't used all the day names, and it would take 260 days before the original first combination would come back around. And this was called a Tolkien. Sounds complicated. Oh, just you wait. <laughs> the Hob is their solar calendar. It was made up of 365 days, but it was split into 18 months with 20 days in each month. Because remember, they had 20 day names. Now you might be doing the math and saying that only adds up to 360 days. Well, that is true. And they didn't much like it either because... Those last five days were very scary. It was a time to lay low, not get into anything dangerous. They were unlucky. I imagine it would have been like the, uh, that episode of King of the Hill where Hank realizes he missed his insurance payment on all their stuff and him and Bobby stay inside and like don't cook or drive or anything because if anything happened, they would be bankrupt. Peggy and Luann had to live off of the vending machine at the rest stop. Good times. So 52 years have to pass and before all of the numbers and names connecting the three interlocking calendar wheels line up again in the original formation that you started with, and then it starts over again. And then there's more. And then they had the long count calendar. They use this one to keep track of long periods of time, and this one counts all of the days since what they called the last creation. Which, if I understand this correctly, we're living in the fourth creation. Something about the gods didn't like the first three, so they got rid of them, and here we are. You'd think after they landed on a system with four different calendars, they would have went back to the drawing board and said, hey, maybe this ain't it. I don't know, because they did a fantastic job. So the first day of their fourth creation, some smart people have estimated to be on August 11th, 3114 B.C. There's some debate about that date, but 11th, 13th, 15th, whatever. It's all close enough for me. They really need to get that date nailed down. Those give or take a couple of days is not enough. All right, are you ready to strap in? I'm about to tell you about what they call their days. So the Mayans called a day a kin, and 20 of these kins was called a winal. In 18 winals, or 360 days, their hob calendar was called a tune. And then 20 tunes was called a catoon. And then 20 catoons makes a backtoon. So a backtoon, to put into easier language, is about 144,000 days. So it takes about 144,000 days to complete a full cycle. A cycle of what? A cycle of their calendar. A cycle of their... Whenever they're full... So their dates are a bunch of numbers all put together and... So what does that represent in the physical world? I don't think it represents anything in the physical world. <laughs> as far as you know. What's the cycle mean? It was well, every time the aliens would come and visit. Honestly, I think that we were all dropped here by an ancient civilization to mine gold from the planet. And then once they got enough, they left. Back in 2012, December 21st, 2012, actually. When the world ended? We rolled over into a new Bactoon. The 13th Bactoon, and it was a big deal. Did the world end? No. But the funny thing is, the Mayans never said it was going to end. They believed that the previous creation lasted 13 Bactoons. So maybe that's where the end of the world idea came from. The only reason it didn't end is because of how seamless the transition to the simulation was. 
It was literally what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> I don't know. Everything seems fine. Maybe there was something to that, that train night? of thought. Remember that night when you were going to sleep that night and you get that little twitch in your eye for a second? That Bright was it. Flash. Yeah, that was, that's all it took. Maybe we have reached the end of an era and we will go extinct or kill each other or get raptured or whatever the religion you follow calls the end. Well, that's a given. Maybe people aren't meant to live more than 13 Bactoons and the human race won't live to see the 14th Bactoon. No one listening to this podcast will anyway. That's 300-something years from now, and I'm not sure how data will be stored that far into the future. Are you trying to insinuate that people won't be listening to the hit show Thingamajigs in 300-and-something years? Who knows if the internet will even be a thing in 300 years? Thingamajigs will live forever. Dude, in 2353, it's going to be popping. They're going to have t-shirts with your face on it. Like my current face or my mummified face? Both, because we'll be on display in a museum. They'll have, like, you ever seen, like, the ABBA concert where they have, like, the hologram people? It'll be like that. Ooh. We'll be holograms, and it'll all be put on by AI. Oh, my gosh, that's a great point. Maybe we will still be around because AI has gotten so good that we can just download our brains into new bodies. Anyway, a huge shout out to Hank Green for explaining this very complicated calendar in a relatively easy to understand way. Those Green brothers are awesome if you haven't checked them out. One writes wonderful books and the other shares sciencey stuff with the common folk. They truly are doing the Lord's work. So just in case we need to recap, the Earth rotates and that is how we get our days. And the Moon rotates the Earth and that's how we get our months. Not exactly, but it takes 29 and a half days for the Moon to make a full rotation, so close enough. And then the Earth rotates the Sun and that's how we get our years. This is a rudimentary natural calendar. Clearly, you've really bought into the propaganda that NASA has been selling you. Um, oh my gosh, are you a flat the earther? Earth is a coin shape <laughs> oh my goodness. with a border of ice wall around us, and it flips. I could really show you, but it's really scientific, and I don't want to get into it right now, you know? So there are something like 40 calendars in use today, but the main ones are Gregorian, Jewish, Islamic, Hindu, Chinese, Julian, and Persian. I was going to say, you can really internalize time. If you um, open <laughs> your anus to the sun. <laughs> I remember you talking about yeah, that. Right. So it's a known fact that if you... I'm trying to remember what it's called. There's a name for uh, it. Oh, it's um, your perineum butt. sunning. All right. Some people also call it butthole sunbathing. <laughs> Some people <laughs> call it taint tanning. Let's not forget that the sun is a deadly laser. Okay, so if you're going to do this, this is my PSA. Make sure you put suntan lotion on your on your booty hole. You don't want to no, you don't want to get man, anus cancer. That, I think that's how you get anus cancer <laughs> is putting putting sunscreen up your booty hole. I didn't say up, just around, <laughs> just on the outer rim. So we pretty much all agreed that the year needs to be twelve months long, except Ethiopia. They have thirteen months, and they're like seven or eight years behind. So it's the year twenty sixteen on their calendar. How does that work with their seasons? Are they all whack? I don't know. Their year is whack. But if you ask Google what year it is in Ethiopia, she says twenty twenty three. So I think she might be in denial. 
It's all very weird, but we're going to stick to the history of our calendar that we use from this point on because I think that is the one we're most interested in, and this podcast has to end eventually, unlike our calendar. It does end after 12 months. Have you ever bought a calendar with more than 12 months? Yeah, actually, we sometimes they'll come with like 14 months. I mean, it rolls over. It's still January, February. But it, I had one that was like a big book of each page was like a month. It's like a planner, and it had like three years in it. The Romans, specifically Romulus, wanted to bring these two calendars together to make a lunisolar calendar. It was 10 months long. The Romans had a thing with the number 10. It was their favorite. So it started with Martius, which I have to assume is March. And it continued on Aprilis, Maius, Junius, Quintilius, Sextilius. Anyway, September, October, November, December. The first four were named after, I think they were Roman gods, but the last six were named after the numbers they represented. And we kept some of them, obviously, because you recognize those other ones. This calendar resulted in 61 leftover days, and much like the Mayans, these days were considered unlucky, and they really didn't want to observe them. They were there, but they didn't want to give them a name. They tried their hardest to ignore them. It was the 61 days where they cowered in shame at their terrible calendar they made. Right. Bad math. But they were in the winter, so they weren't planting during this time, so they were irrelevant to them. This calendar was introduced in the 700s BC. It was pretty difficult to use, and it got out of sync with the seasons, which is not ideal. We really want July to always be hot and January to always be cold. At least here in the U.S., Australia gets a little whack. Their summers are in our winter and vice versa. Below the equator. Yeah, they're whack down there. So about 40 years goes by, and Rome gets a new ruler. His name was Numa. And he is the one that added January and February, the two months that were missing before. He really liked odd numbers. He felt that they were lucky, so he changed the days and the months to 29 and 31. And this really messed up the order because March isn't the first month anymore. Now January is. This change will now forever make the last four months not make much sense because they're named after numbers they no longer represent. It really bothers me, especially being born in September, that it's the ninth month, but Sept is for seven. Well, now you know why. Wait, so February didn't exist before? Mm-mm. You so were I was born of... within the days of shame? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were. So this version still had some leftover days, so they would have a leap month called Mercedonius every so many years to try and keep on track. The date wasn't something that regular people had access to. The only way they would know what day it was is if there was an announcement. And unfortunately, high priests were the ones who decided if Mercedonius was going to be added to that year. And sometimes they would add it in order to keep the politicians they supported in power for longer. It was a way to manipulate the government. Crazy how politicians have always had a bad reputation because of their actions. (laughs) And priests. (laughs) And because this month was used sometimes for political gain instead of what it was meant for, the calendar became erratic and everything went wobbly. There's actually a time called the years of confusion because of how bad it got. Also, I I require to know what the date is all the time. I could not imagine living in a time where I just didn't know. You should uh, work overnight 
and you get to a point where you've been waking up on the same day and going into leaving work on different days and you just lose track of everything. If I wake up in the middle of the night, I have to look at the clock because I, ha- I need to know what time it is whenever I wake up. In comes Julius Caesar. It's 46 BC and the Roman calendar is getting reformed and now we have the Julian calendar. And also we have leap years with February adding an extra day almost every four years. Something about a mounting discrepancy. Don't worry, it will get worked out with the next reform to the calendar. It takes 365.2422 days to revolve around the sun, so it makes sense for it to happen every four years to make up for that quarter of a day that we lose every year, that we don't acknowledge its existence. They round it up. Don't worry, it'll get worked out. (laughs) He also changed that 29 days thing to the oscillating 30 and 31 days in a month that we have now, not counting February. That one was still 28, and sometimes 29, depending on whether they were observing a leap year or not. Oh, and he threw Mercedonius out altogether. That was a mess. Do you know what determines a leap year? I do. What is that? Uh, so we're going to get into it. (laughs) Perfect. Oh, and the people in power were so thankful for this stable calendar that they renamed Quintilius to Julius, which is what we know now as July. Which was his birth month. Wait, so July is named after Julius Caesar? Yes. That's crazy. Unfortunately, Caesar was murdered, and some people said he had it coming for messing with the calendar. Something about the calendar being sacred because of the sun and God creating the sun. But in his absence, people kind of forgot how the leap year worked, and they started adding the leap year every three years. Which, of course, meant the calendar fell out of alignment again in in about 40 years, which is when Augustus comes in and fixes it. He changes it back to every four-year rotation. He does it slowly, though, but eventually he he gets there and he balances restored. Wait, so August is named after Augustus? Yes. I'm learning so much. This is also why July and August have the same amount of days, because they're both named after people who fixed our calendars, and they couldn't have one be more than the other. They had to be equal. Other emperors tried renaming months, usually after themselves, but none of them stuck. They were not catchy. I've been proposing the new month Benjamember for a long time, but I think it's going to catch on. Would that be replacing September? Yes. Okay. Because it's not the seventh month, It's got to change. So this calendar was used for a long time, more than 1,500 years. So a lot of time has passed, and that pesky .2422 is starting to really show. It it comes to about 11-something minutes, and after so long, the seasons are starting to come out of alignment again. Not only that, but Easter was a very big religious holiday, and it was supposed to happen in the spring. But because of the drifting the calendar was experiencing, it wasn't lining up with the equinox. And this is one of those rare moments when religion and science is trying very hard to work together because the calendar has drifted about 10 days too long and they needed to know when to celebrate. So there was a lot of religious people working with astronomers, which were men of science, to fix the issue. And this was noticed well before the calendar was actually fixed. Roger Bacon realized it was about seven days off. In 1300s, Dante talked about how the calendar needed to be realigned. Bacon. Dude, I was going to say it. The invention of the printing press made all of this even more noticeable because people were gaining regular access to the calendar date, and they were. it was obvious that the equinox was not lining up with the dates that were given. 
Now comes Pope Gregory in 1582. He omitted the days that were off, which meant that it was October 4th, and then the next day it was October 15th. Those days were just gone. The Gregorian calendar is born. Also, he fixed the leap year problem by observing a leap year every four years, except, which is what you were asking earlier, on the turning of a century, unless that century is divisible by 400, which means we observed it in 1600, but not 1700, 1800, or 1900, but we did observe it in the year 2000, but we won't observe it in the year 21,000. Or 2100, you might say. Yeah, sorry, 2100. Now, do you remember the Reformation? Yeah... That's popping up again. It's a reoccurring thing that just keeps messing everything up. So the Catholic countries took this new calendar on, but the Protestants were not as eager to lose 10 days. First of all, they viewed it as a Catholic plot against them, I guess. There was a lot of arguing about losing 10 days of their lives. You know, the Catholics are trying to take 10 days of my life from me. And and then there was some disputes about paying bills. Why should I pay my full rent when I'm not getting 10 days of it? I mean, I'd be upset. Right. There was a lot of grievances aired. Stuff like that. It took a long time for everyone to switch over to the new calendar. People were not naming months after old Greg. They weren't too pleased. So I'm going to tell you in order how long it took for the following countries to start using the Gregorian calendar. Because it makes it a little bit easier than just giving the dates. So we just didn't use calendars before then? No, they were still using the Julius calendar. They were still 10 days behind. It wasn't a big deal. It was like going to a new country that has different money. You just kind of like used their calendar and then you went back to your own. And people didn't travel a lot back then. So it did not come up often. For Protestant German states, it took 117 years for them to accept it. Great Britain and subsequently America, because we were still part of them, it took 170 years. It's 170, not 107, in case I murmured. Sweden took 171 years. Japan was 291. And China was 330. Now, some of this is because, like, China very much had their own calendar. I don't know much about it, except that it has 12 animals and I'm the year of the rat. (laughs) Yeah. Me too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that would make sense, because we're born in the same year. So, yeah, that's, uh... And that's how we got here today. And the good old, good old Greg. Pope good Greg. old Greg. Thanks, old Greg. Oh, Greg. I wonder if he also had a downstairs mix-up. The Russians had experimented with some fun calendars, so they wanted their economy to do better, and so they enacted this calendar that was color-coded and had numbers, and all of their citizens was assigned a number or a color. And that was the day that they got off of work. And so it, it split up families really, really bad because one a husband and wife would have different numbers or like their kids would have different numbers. And so nobody was ever off of work all at the same time. But it did do wonders for their, their efficiency because their, you know, their factories were always constantly working. Although it did cause issues with maintaining like machines and stuff because there was not enough downtime to clean and maintain all of their equipment. They got rid of it. They only kept it for like 10 years and then they, they said this is, this is not working. I mean, if you think about it, 10 years is a long time. If you're living that kind of life for 10 years. Yeah, if you're the one experiencing that 10 years, it's a long time. But if you're just thinking about... 
human history, it's not, not that bad. PSAs? I think that carts at the grocery store is a perfect example of why humans cannot operate in a self-governing way. Because we know that the right thing to do is to put the cart in the cart corral, right? It costs us nothing to do it. We know it's the right thing to do, and still some choose not to. And you're not going to get in trouble if you don't, but you know it's the right thing to do, and you still choose not to, and it hurts your fellow man, and this is why we cannot be a loving, self-sustaining, governing As humanity. much as I agree with this. Let's, uh, let's learn what to does put this our, have to do with calendars? <laughs> we need to put our carts away so that we can make it to the store to get into calendar. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we wrapped that around. I, I have had thoughts about this. Wait, I'm, I didn't know it had to be relevant. I have a two-part PSA. Uh, stop caring so much about what day things fall on. Wrong. It's totally irrelevant and manufactured. It is not. Part two, stop trying to invent new holidays. National Hot Dog Day does not need to exist. Stop. Okay, I agree with that. I have a PSA. Uh, we'll probably do the history of a work week at some point. Why we have it the way we do, why we work as many hours, or what's considered full-time. But we need to change our work weeks into working four days and off three. So that you can have a day for rest, a day for errands, and a day to do whatever hobby you, you want. And it will not mess up our calendars in any kind of way. I think we should move to a no work days where we live in a society that allows for such freedom. Well, we're all, we are in a time frame where it's very much possible to do that. But the thought is people are going to take advantage and then they're not going to do anything productive. But if people had more time to themselves to explore these hobbies or, or I guess some people would call them side hustles that aren't work related, but like more creative we would have a more sustainable society to live in instead of people just spending all of their time waking up, going to work, grinding, and then going home, being dog tired and not being able to further society in any kind of way. We'll probably do the history of a work week at some point. That was somebody's idea. Um, please don't forget, February 29th is the purge. And that is this coming year. We are going to be entering a leap year this year, and I am very excited about it because I always take off that day. I am not going to work on the God-given day of February 29th. I have spent four years adding up those minutes. Is that not a Greg-given day? <gasps> yes! <laughs> a Greg-given day. PSA Part 3. Stop getting married on February 29th so that on your 20th year anniversary you can tell people you've been married for four years or whatever. Stop. <laughs> it's not cute. It's not funny. We're over it. I didn't even think of it, but now it actually sounds pretty cool. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's been a real pleasure being here. Thank you, uh, Ophelia, for the entertainment. Uh, thank you for the cookies, the warmth. Uh, thank you for listening these guys work hard and they write really well and they put a lot of research into this and there's a lot of editing that goes into it they have fun doing it and it was a pleasure to be here for the dinkiness of this podcast our production value is pretty good except for that episode where we had our cat talk like an ai voice that was a little that was a little creepy but you know 
Have you, have you listened to the Christmas episode? That was fire. Definitely go back and listen to the Christmas episode. It took me like five days to edit. Thank you for listening to the Thingamajigs. Have yourself a wonderful new year. Thanks, Nate, for uh, joining us and being pleasure. a special guest. Also, I should probably announce that at the end of the year, since we're all good and tuckered out, we're going to be taking a little break, but we will be back in February with a what I am promised will be a very special Valentine's Day episode. It'll be very spicy. It's going to be sensual. So it'll probably be explicit. Just keep that in mind if you have children around. Thank you so much for listening, sticking around through this episode of Thingamajigs and another exciting history of a mundane thing. Don't forget to grab a goose and tan your taint. But make sure you put some sunscreen on it first. Just the outer rim. And don't let it go inside. Thanks for listening. Nah, go! Forgive me by you, love for me, girl.